Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel, and joining me this this fine day is my amazing co-host, Mr. Dean Holland. Dean, how are you today? I am awesome. You sound like extra loud today. Do I really? You do, but it sounds All good. Right. Okay, good. Well, Maybe I hope it's I just it's missed not. you and just forgot how loud and annoying you are. <laughs> I think that probably has something to do with it. You know, um, (laughs) when I worked in London, I would come in uh, off of a red-eye flight and get into the office about an hour after everybody. And I just, and there was this open seating plan and everyone's sitting there and, you know, they're just doing their work and everything and on their computers and stuff. And I would immediately start making phone calls and I don't like to sit down when I work. So I'm standing up sort of gazing over this sea of people in this open seating plan, talking on my phone. And I <laughs> I got known as the loud American. They're like, oh, the loud Americans here. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, they knew what was going on. All these years later. <laughs> yeah. I felt like you were moving in the direction of nicknaming me that anyway. So I just saved you the time and effort. I've thought of a lot of worse names, so I think we should just go with it. Yeah, let's just go with that. Let's not explore brainstorm the other ones you've had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so as you know, Dean, we have uh, we have a good friend of mine as a guest on the show this morning. Yeah, uh, Mr. Sean Lynham is here, and he is uh, somebody who's helped me in a lot of different uh, marketing endeavors that I've done. He's helped a lot of other people that you and I both know. Um, he just uh, is a master at at funnel building, internet marketing, and uh, and strategy. Sean, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Excellent, guys. I'm uh, happy to be here, and hope I can uh, deliver some value to your audience. Yeah. I'm not so wait. sure he can. What wait. do you think, Dean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got high hopes. I've heard a lot of good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sean. Just go. Go now! Now's your time. Deliver value, please. <laughs> Just start throwing it fast. <laughs> Just the tips. Just the tips. Yeah, that's fine. It, it doesn't have to be the whole thing. Just the tips are okay. <laughs> um. <Yeah>. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> so, Sean. Um. In uh, in all seriousness, you uh, you have been in involved in a variety of different things, uh, both you and me together, um, from different e-commerce projects that we've worked on to other people selling e-commerce, high ticket coaching, ballet, um, <laughs> yeah, ballet. Uh, we'll get to the ballet portion in just a minute. That's what Dean is most excited to hear about. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very close to the burlesque that he enjoys dancing. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so Sean, but but you were uh, you were not always uh, in internet marketing. In fact, as I know it, you at one point were uh, were in the corporate world, like me. What what got you to make that transition? Well, 
out of college. I started working at Lockheed Martin and I was there about five years. Coincidentally, my sister, and I know this is the same for you, James, but my sister gave me this book uh, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And when I read that book, it kind of changed the way that I looked at a lot of things, including, you know, the having the job. Spent five years at Lockheed Martin, and then I had a side hustle of real estate and investing. My first property was a, a laundromat, and then I started buying apartment buildings, and then started flipping properties, and got to a point to where I could leave the corporate world, and spent the next 10 years um, on my own doing anything and everything in the real estate realm. And then five years ago, when my wife and I started having kids, uh, we wanted a change. And the universe, or whatever you want to call it, kind of led me to this internet marketing thing. And I've spent the last five years, you know, just working with other companies and helping them sell their products. Been in inter- internet marketing ever since. And and uh, this is, you know, close and dear to Dean's heart. When uh, you glossed over the whole ballet phase, when did that happen? <laughs> yeah, not sure it ever happened. I don't think anyone has ever thought of me as a dancer. Yeah, actually, Dean, if you've if you've seen or spent any time with Sean, you you would know the error of your ways. <laughs> <laughs> not one of my strong suits. So, uh, all right, man. So let's let's unpack some of your uh, some of your internet marketing uh, wisdom. So you've uh, you've helped sell you know a variety of different things. Um, what's like? Let's go high level first. What's the key to selling something online in the first place? Um, I would say having an irresistible offer. And what and ex- and elaborate on that, like because I think a lot of people hear that, but I don't think it really sinks in when they hear what when they hear that. Another way to look at it is to sell what's already selling. All the stuff that we sell is been proven or you know we we know the marketplace wants it so we don't come up with offers or programs or anything like that without knowing that there's already a market for it because if you have a bad offer or a bad product or you think that this is what everybody needs but no one's buying it uh you stand a very little chance of succeeding Right. So sell, sell what's already selling. It would be one of the first places I would start when it comes to putting together offers. All right. But like, how do you, uh, how do you deal with this? Cause that on some level, that seems like a chicken and an egg situation, right? So is it like the exact thing that's already selling or is it something similar to what's selling? Like, how do you, how do you zero in on that? Yeah. So some physical products, I would say, you know, sell what's already selling. Like James, when you and I had that idea to sell those uh, red Make America Great Again hats, um, you know, we went on Amazon and we're like, man, this thing's like three in the top 100, right? They were selling like hotcakes. And we didn't come up with the idea. They were already selling. It's just we had a different way to drive traffic, position it, price it those types of things. So it wasn't like, Hey, would, would people buy these hats? We already knew they were buying the hats. Right. So that's, you know, in, uh, one instance. And then the other way is looking at, you know, problem and solution. 
and identifying what the market's problem is and coming up with a, uh, a solution that, you know, they're willing to get out their wallet for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- Dean, do you know about the whole uh, Make America Great Again hat funnel? No, I was just about to ma- ask about this. <laughs> so, so I was at a mastermind a couple of years ago and there was this guy there and he, he was saying, yeah, you know, we're selling like, you know, tons of these hats on Amazon every day. And I, I was just curious. I was like, yeah, you know what? I wonder if we could create a funnel and, and, uh, and, and sell those hats too. So, so I called up Sean and I said, Hey man, what do you think about building a funnel real fast and seeing if we could drive traffic to sell these hats? And I got the idea, much like a lot of the stuff that you teach, Dean, with you know your whole ultimate funnel thing and everything. We sold, we sold these hats uh, free plus seven ninety five shipping, right? And we had an order bump and you know all that stuff, and we were completely unprepared for the onslaught of orders that we would get. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, we sold. Uh, what what was it, Sean? Like I think we sold like twenty thousand hats in like seven weeks or something what? like that. <laughs> Yeah, we we uh it was up around like 225,000 in sales in a, a short time frame because we had a short time frame before the election. It was all Facebook traffic. Wow. And I mean, we did our homework, but at the end of the day, we had no idea that right. you know, uh people coming to the page a third would um fill in step 1 and, you know, a third would buy. And they were buying more hats and asking us for more stuff. And it was, uh, it was definitely the first, uh, true like e-com funnel that I was involved in. And we learned way more on that one little funnel than we did in taking all the courses and trainings and, and, um, stuff that you consume online because it was like, you know, we were in a street fight. Versus, yeah, you know, you watch, you watching fast. YouTube videos <laughs> on how to fight, right? Like we were in the trenches and mm-hmm. uh, we learned we learned a ton of things. We did a ton of things right. And we learned a ton of things um, not to do. Right. Yeah, yeah. we did. <laughs> we learned a ton of things wrong also. What, <laughs> one, one highlighted one that comes up for me. Is, so we were, you know, first, like, like I said, it was just this, hey, I wonder if we could sell this stuff. Right. And and not that there wasn't anything else going on in either one of our worlds, right? I was still running my my main business and you know Sean was up to some other stuff as well and and so it wasn't like we had carved out a ton of time to do this. Sure. We just wanted to see if we could. <laughs> and and uh so so we had, you know, merchant account issues and all this other stuff and I I think we were a couple weeks in and one of our merchant accounts was like, "You guys um you know, this is a new merchant account and you're processing too much money." And I was like, well, uh, what do you want me to do? You want me to like stop selling stuff stuff because you're, you know, you're afraid of this? And and they were like, well, we're going to freeze your account. I was like, man, that sucks. So I opened up another account and, you know, I'm in a hurry to fill out all the forms and everything. And they're like, what, you know, what's your phone number? And I obviously put my cell phone number. So turns out we got the new merchant account. We start selling the hats. And about two weeks after that, <laughs> I start getting bombarded with phone I knew this calls. Was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, hello? And they're like, hey, what's this $7.95 charge on my credit card? I was like, who the hell is this? <laughs> and, 
<laughs> I had inadvertently put my cell phone number in the spot that got printed on everybody's credit card stamp. <laughs> so a quick so cell phone change. Yeah, that's just one one small sample of you know little mistakes, but they become big mistakes when you know you have that many people going to your funnel and and buying. Right. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so eventually I couldn't answer my phone. <laughs> right. See, the merchant thing, though, interesting. Like, a lot of people don't think about that. Like, it's a real problem. It's a real problem. Yeah, it's it's like if you can't process payments, you don't have a, you don't have yeah, your nothing. you don't have a business. Right. No, we're all in the merchant account business. Exactly. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had some crazy merchant crap <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, we we yeah. only had twenty grand frozen, and uh, we have a buddy that when his got shut down was like um, five hundred thousand was frozen for like six months. Oh god! So you know, having multiple merchant accounts, I would highly recommend or using something to balance, uh, like NMI that just balances the the orders in case something wherever it happened with one, you're not shut down. But uh, yeah, we learned a lot of lessons along the way that have been, you know, have carried over into the the stuff we've done since. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so Sean, so the irresistible offer and selling what's already selling, I think those are really valuable insights. Mm. If it seems to me like, and this is, this is actually something that I, I think you just have taken such a hard stance on for as long as I've known you, you're like, don't reinvent the wheel. Right, because everybody, uh, especially I don't know, at least a lot of the people that I come across are creatives. They're visionaries. They're entrepreneurs. They want to build stuff and create stuff, and they're like, "Oh, I got to create and invent something new." And while you need to have your own spin on it, and it needs to be your thing, um, not reinventing the wheel is probably one of the fastest ways to getting traction and success. Yeah, you you definitely, you know, you hear a lot about funnel hacking and funnel hacking isn't funnel copying or funnel ripoffing, it's funnel <laughs> modeling. Right? That so you, speak to a watch. <laughs> you know, when we were all out to dinner at uh Funnel Hack Live, um Dean was talking to Justin, uh a guy I work with about his funnel and then we went up and we went and set up the same free plus shipping funnel with the, the prices and the sequence of upsells and then the thank you page for the free bonus training. And it was working really, really well, right? So that we had his strategy down, but it wasn't until like a month later where we actually went through Dean's funnel, where we actually saw how he was doing a couple of things that um, obviously weren't discussed at the, the dinner table. Right. And were you holding back, Dean? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> if that was after a few drinks, there was no way I held back. No, he, <laughs> he doesn't hold back after a couple cocktails. Uh, <laughs> In fact, I'm probably too too out there. Yeah. So I, you know, it, we had the strategy down, but then it comes down to you know the copies on the page and the positioning of everything. So we we had the we modeled the strategy. Uh, we didn't model the positioning until we kind of stepped through and I was like, oh, that's how he does it. And that's how he does this. Right. And we just modeled that um, to the funnel that we currently have. And we were looking at stats yesterday and 
you know, we're, we're earning about $5 per click, which is really, really good because, um, most traffic sources don't cost $5 per click. Mm, right. Nice. So I'm glad we were now we're able, this. Yeah. So now we're able to, uh, <laughs> now it's like we got, now we got the funnel good. Now we need, now we need to, uh, now we need more traffic. Right. Right. So, and that's what it all comes down to. It comes down to quality traffic and knowing who your audience is, um, where they are, what they want, and then driving that to a funnel. And then obviously the, the funnel has to convert. And there's not a lot of things out there that are that different. Um, so then it comes down to the positioning and doing a better job of, you know, bringing up their pain and we have the solution or um, you're here and you want to be there, you know? So a lot of people have good stuff and it's not that much different than anybody else's, but we do a better job of, you know, positioning and showing people how it's going to get them out of pain or solve their problems um, better than the other guys. Speaking of positioning, I think, uh, you know, both of you guys have helped me, um, in terms of my, my, uh, my high ticket coaching funnel, you know, when you both took a look at it, I was like, Hey, I need you guys to check this out. You're both like, yeah, your positioning is off. Like you're making it way too easy, uh, you know, for people to access you and, and get on the phone and, Mm. and all this stuff and, and not indoctrinating them the right way. And so, the positioning is really is really really important because it's uh it may just you know may just seem like words on a page but the 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 words that are actually there and the way that they flow together is the thing that's going to frame the entire situation in people's minds yeah my my favorite positioning story um and I forget who I got this from so I usually give credit for these types of things but this this was like 30 years ago they did a test in a cafeteria line where um, you got a cupcake and two cookies for 75 cents. And it had a, like a 30, 30% of the people bought it. Right. And then they took a couple weeks off and then they sold the cupcake for 75 cents and gave the two cookies away for free and twice as many people bought. So you had the same product, a cupcake and two cookies, same price, 75 cents, but the word free in there doubled because people thought they were getting a lot more for their money, right? So the only thing that changed was the positioning. That's it. And it doubled uh, the sales of the offer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes to show like, you know, everyone talks about, or a lot of people say, well, you know, people make make rational decisions and, and all this other stuff. And, and the truth is they don't. No, they, uh, they make emotional decisions and then they look for ways to justify that decision with logic. And, uh, and, you know, cause there's, and that's, and that's the whole positioning piece is appealing to that, that emotion and that feeling that people are looking for and that, that change or that increase in status or whatever the difference is that they're looking for. And then it's so much easier to, to sell them things and, and being, uh, you know, being somebody who, uh, who's, who's very logical like me, you know, this has taken, this has taken some time for me to learn because I just originally thought, well, if you just give people the bullet points and tell them what it's all about, then they're going to totally see the value and then they're going to get it. 
And um, that's not really the case. And those those things really serve to enhance the the emotional direction that people are already headed with the positioning that you create for them. Yeah, and you always need to be aware of the psychology at each you know part of the process, right? Like when, and you want to and by irresistible offer. Um, let's just say you're driving someone and you have a, a lead magnet or something you want to give a value in exchange for somebody's email address, right? And we were doing this when we were doing ClickFunnel All-Stars. We were trying to get all fancy and whatnot. And then I said, James, you know, what would you give up your email address for? Trey, what would you give up your... E-? And then it made it a whole lot easier because um, we were able to come up with things that you would have signed up for, Right. And, um, and when we get them there, we want them to, to think like, I'd be crazy not to do this. I'd be crazy not to give up my email for this. Right. And it's just all along that, that path of, um, one, making it a no brainer and two, having an offer good enough as to where they feel like a little pain if they don't do it, like the fear of missing out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when I think of irresistible offer, that's exactly the way that I think about it now. It's I want to I want to create an offer that's so good, genuinely so good, not like bullshit, but a really yeah. good offer that is so good people be like, "Man, I definitely don't want to miss out on this. Like I would be crazy not to do this right now." Right? And that that I think helps because you know, all all sales and everything is it's it's an exchange of value. And if you stack the value so strongly, that the person feels like, man, I'd be crazy not to do this. Of course, they're going to give you money, right? Because you're giving them value in far excess of whatever money or contact information or whatever that uh, that they're giving you, and that's the way that's the way it's supposed to be, right? And um, money flows where value is, and so that's like that's the way that I look at that whole irresistible offer thing. Is just you know, and if you're not, if you're each step of the offer isn't that way, that's where you're going to have problems. If you know, you get, you know, great, great progress on the first one. That's awesome. You create an irresistible offer on your front end, but if the back end is not equally irresistible, it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise to you why it's not selling. Zero surprise. And your, your stats and, and all all the things that kind of go into, you know, an important funnel, like conversion ratios, you can really tell as to where, you know, you're not doing a good job at that and you need to get better, right? The, the marketplace is going to tell you pretty quickly as to whether or not you have a good offer, you have something that they want. And if it's not working as well, you need to change something. Yeah. I mean, like you guys both know the um, the order bump that I put on the Rose Club funnel oh, yeah, that we that. have, right? <laughs> Where, and you know, and it and it was it was particularly useful at at uh, Valentine's Day, but it's proven to be pretty consistent even after that. But what we did was we um, we had an irresistible offer, uh, 50, 50 roses for fifty dollars. Like, and these aren't like you know small wilty like no, roses. Right. Really, really good product, and and you would never find this this offer anywhere else, right? And it's not always about competing on price, but in this case. We have price advantage and we have product quality advantage as well. So, so we decided to try this offer out. So we said fifty rows for fifty dollars, and then um, 
And we were like, all right, what can we use the order bump? And so what we did, that cost us absolutely nothing. Right? It cost us nothing to do this. <laughs> we said, well, why don't you make your roses? Why don't you guarantee your roses to be red for Valentine's Day? And if you don't click this box, you're going to get any one of our other seasonal colors, yellow or orange or white, whatever. And no, no guy in his right mind wants to send his, his wife or his girlfriend white roses or yellow roses for Valentine's Day, right? right. And so, uh, so we said, okay, guarantee that your roses are red, 19 bucks. And we got, I think, 46% <laughs> of everybody who ordered to take our order bump. <laughs> the red rose guarantee. Yeah. The red rose guarantee cost us absolutely nothing, added a ton of value to them. And even with the order bump, so they went from, you know, $50 to, you know, 69 if they took the order bump, they're still getting a tremendous deal. But that, that allowed us to, to get so much more profits out of that single transaction, but it was an irresistible offer. <laughs> yeah. It upped, it upped the cart value, right? Cost you nothing. So the margin on it is 100%. And it was good for the audience. Like, hey, guys, we got all these different colors, roses. It's going to be random. And if you want guaranteed red, you know, you owe us 19 bucks. And then they're still thinking in their head, because I know I went through the funnel and bought for my mom and wife. It was, you know, it was like, oh, 69 bucks. You're still getting a good deal. Yeah. Right. Like, because people's psychology, when they're going through, there is that part of your brain that, you know, tries to protect you or tries to come up with some reasons not to buy. And when you run out of those reasons, like you don't have any other choice. It's, you know, you don't get your wife roses or you do. And that's not, it's an easier option. And yeah, the 69 was still a phenomenal deal for 50 roses. I mean, no one's going to argue with that. Yeah. You could try. Yeah. And then I think you're right. I think we could try raising it and bump um, it to 29 and see if it makes too much difference. I'm going to give that a shot, Dean. You can credit me with that one. Yeah, you can send Dean all your additional profits. <laughs> no, I'm taking full credit for that idea. You know what I've been thinking about doing, Sean, is bumping that price up to about 29. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come through your funnel 100 times and not take the damn bump. <laughs> <laughs> totally destroy my stats. Yep. That's fine. It'll be free traffic and you're still spending money. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I still went out in the end. Um, so, um, so Sean, besides, besides irresistible offers and, you know, selling what's already selling, um, and, and other things like that, what are, what are one or two of the other tips that you'd have for people who are listening, who are trying to either you know, go full time with things in internet marketing or just use internet marketing to enhance your existing business? Well, if you have an existing business, you absolutely should be doing internet marketing. I mean, you, you're out there, you see all the stores closing down or toys, toys R Us going bankrupt because they didn't have their internet marketing game together. So if you do have an offline business, you definitely need, should be having online complement the offline. Now, if you're just getting started, um, that's where the the funnel hacking or funnel modeling comes in, you know, and researching your market and researching the pain points, you know, where is your market? What are they already buying? And doing your homework before just try to go out there and um, figure stuff out on the fly. Yeah. So, so don't, 
So don't wing it. Don't be a, don't be a pioneer. You know, one of the, one of the quotes that I love that Russell talks about, he's like, you can always tell who the pioneers are because they're lying down. Uh, they're lying face down in the dirt with arrows in their backs. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's true. Just, just see what's, see what's already working in the market. It's the internet. So nothing's really hidden, right? You can see on Amazon, like a lot of times if we have, you know, a product, uh, that was on Amazon, we look through, you know, all the reviews to get feedback on how to better market, uh, the thing or how to do better FAQs. Right. Cause again, it's just all feedback and doing your homework and, you know, doing that research beforehand. So you don't get arrows in your back and, uh, you give yourself a, you know, a better chance to win. So, um, so I've got to, uh, I've got to check in here. I feel like Dean has been rather quiet today. This is the most quiet I've ever heard Dean. <laughs> I'm just saying Dean, back um, it all in. No, Dean. We need to find out what's going on. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> well, recently when I said the same to you, you were like, well, I just did a 20 mile walk. Like, I haven't done that. I haven't done anything. You did. Uh, you were sitting for t- ten hours. I assume that's that's what got you so tired. <laughs> it must be. It must be. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm just checking in. I want to make I'm sure good. everything's I'm alive. okay. I'm listening. All right. Good. All right. Are you? Uh, are you? Are, have you given up burlesque? Is that why you're feeling a little bit I muted? I've been a little bit. Yeah. I've outgrown the costume. Well, I know. Uh, I know your wedding is coming up. It is. And um, don't remind me. I haven't which done is, anything yet. You're probably not going to do anything. We both know that the most important part of your role there is just showing up and saying "I do." I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Robin has everything else handled. I, I don't even have a suit yet. Yeah. <laughs> you got plenty of time. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I have four weeks. You do have four well, weeks. I'm busy the next yeah. two. <laughs> you take it you're taking another vacation to greece is that what's got you so busy <laughs> going back for some olives yeah <laughs> i was uh i was very envious of your greece trip that's why i, I continued to make jokes about it <laughs> it was glorious well uh well sean i uh i appreciate you coming on the show today man i know uh i know i've you know you've done a lot of stuff with me and with other people that we both know and your your wisdom is uh direct it's straightforward it's uh and it's sensible and it works and i hope that the people listening here today take what you've said to heart um because it really is about these these principles that sean has talked about to sell things online and uh and if you guys aren't creating irresistible offers and doing that research in your marketplace and using that to guide you then it doesn't matter how great you are at building funnels it doesn't matter how great you are at running Facebook ads, like none of that matters if you don't know how to create those types of offers that will sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this, for me, this episode is, you know, packed with, packed with gold um, for you guys to take and implement in your business. Yeah. And the, and the only other, you know, tips that I would share is to, you know, always be learning and reinvesting in your business. And um, the second one would be always be testing. Like, you know, in our funnels, we, you know, set up a funnel, we'll drive traffic, and then we have, you know, a control. And then we're always doing s- some split testing or coming up with different ideas to try to get better and beat that control through split testing. And you just always have to be getting better and better. And you can only do that through, you know, testing different things.
Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You got to test because you don't know. And I think that's, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people feel disheartened about, uh, at some point in their, uh, in their journey is when they build something and it doesn't work right away. They're like, oh man, this idea sucks (laughs) or, you know, it just doesn't work. And I don't like you're the people on this show right now have all had that in that experience numerous times. Right. And it's, you're never going to get it right, right out of the gate. You're always going to have to figure out what are the variables that need to be adjusted and fixed and tested. And the only way you do that is continue to test. And even when you have what you might consider success, you might still be leaving money on the table by not testing because there might be something that could actually help. Right. Like before we had the, the $19 red rose order bump, we, we had something else that wasn't working as well. We were still making money with it, but we tried the, we tried the $19 order bump and, and it was better. And like Dean's comment here today about bumping that price up to 29, like that's another thing to test. So just because the $19 made us so much money doesn't mean that we don't continue to test. So I totally agree with you, Sean. Yeah. And I gave you a recent example on the, uh, MIG soap funnel. Uh, we noticed on one funnel that we had a higher price for the one that really incentivized people to take the the two offer, and so we went then went to the other funnel and we upped the price of the one to incentivize two. Our conversion ratios went down by one percent, but our percentage where they took two instead of one went up by thirty percent, and that earns us an extra $2 per unique visitor, right? So just changing the price of the one to more incentivize the two, you know, is making two more dollars per order and up in the price by five bucks, the conversion ratio went down 1%, but our click value went up by two bucks. Yeah. 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 To quote, um, Brandon Poulin, who, uh, I was hanging out with him just a little while ago he said, the path is math. And I was just like, that's right. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. So I, b- I believe, yeah, that I, was, I believe Brandon said that. That is that. I know. Well, he, he just did $3 million last month. So he <laughs> ought to know <laughs> his math is looking pretty good. Yeah, He's got good. He definitely has good math. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it doesn't, maybe yeah, it made we- 5 million. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, Dean, any parting, uh, any parting words from you today? Well, I've not said many, so I should have something reserved. Um, I would hope so. Let me see. What have I got here? Uh, no, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I think, I think this has actually been, uh, an epic show. Cause my experience has always been that a lot of people, when they launch an offer or when they launch a funnel, they typically look at everything if it's not working other than the offer. And it's normally, I would say a lot of times their offer just needs to be strengthened. You know, people are always, I always think in tests, people always start with little things like, let me change the color of the button and let me do this and that. And those things can help, of course, but usually strengthening the offer is going to be the biggest impact or repositioning or something along those lines. So yeah, I think it was epic. The, uh, irresistible offer all the way. I'm in. Yeah. And, uh, you got, you got to test small while thinking big. And then when you got a winner, you got to scale fast. Mm. Right. So people, sometimes they, they think they have the greatest thing and they put it out to market and do all these things. And if it doesn't work, 
they kind of they, they don't know why, right? They don't know if they didn't have the right audience. Uh, they didn't know if they had the right offer, the right price, right? So these are all variables that go in. And that's why you want to keep your stuff simple in the beginning. So if something's broken or not working, you can figure it out pretty quickly mm. versus something that's super complicated. And then when it's not working, you're, you have no idea why and you can't fix it. Right. Right. So you got to test small while thinking big. And when you get a winner, um, you got to throw gas on that fire. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Um, and Sean, I know, uh, I know you don't necessarily have anything that you're promoting here and you just want to come on the show and add some value. Um, but if people want to connect with you, just, uh, connect on Facebook or what's the best way to do that? Yeah. Just connect on Facebook. Um, you'll have my name in the show notes or whatnot, but, uh, they can just connect with me on Facebook if they have questions or want to chat. All right. Awesome. Well, another, uh, another epic show. Thanks for being here, Sean. Dean, as always, it's a pleasure doing this podcast with you. (laughs) (laughs) If only my sarcasm wasn't so strong. Um, So, uh, and to our listeners, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate you guys. Um, Subscribe, tell your friends about the show, and we will talk with you guys next time. Later. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.